Welcome to the GDPR Stand Up Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping you succeed with GDPR compliance. Your host is Rocio Beza. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode. Welcome to episode 23. I'm Rocio Baeza, the host of the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. And uh, we're going to be continuing the discussion on my company's path to GDPR compliance. So this is part three of a four-part series where I am sharing my consulting practices journey to achieving GDPR compliance. If uh, you are a new listener and you are just tuning in, welcome. And I encourage you to go back uh, two episodes so that uh, you can follow this uh, series in sequence. In today's episode, we are going to talk about um, just um, my, I'm going to be completely transparent here and I'm going to be just sharing more about my the process that I followed in addressing the gaps for cyber security base. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and take a deep dive. So in episode 22, you might remember that I shared the gaps uh, that apply to cybersecurity base. So uh, just as a quick refresher, I had a gap with the privacy policy. Nothing was in place. Another gap was with having operationalized information security program. So in my uh, 10 GDPR components, I talk about how this refers to having a program where you have uh, information security policy documented, you have supporting processes in place, and you have training that is available to those that that are supporting the organization. For my case, Um, I had operationalized security controls to protect data that my consulting practice holds. However, that was not documented. So that was the gap that I needed to address. Uh, Additional gaps were around individual rights and the breach notification process. So these are things that I am quite familiar and what the requirements are. And I am confident that should I needed to uh, operationalize this, uh, say so someone reached out to me and they wanted to exercise one of their GDPR rights, or maybe there was some type of uh, breach that I needed to send out a response for, um, I am confident that I would have been able to handle this within the required timeframes. But uh, in reality, uh, this was not something that I had internally documented as a customized, standardized operating procedure for cybersecurity base. So I had to address that. And the last gap was around third party contracts. This is something that uh, I did have agreements in place specifically for service providers that that my company uh, relies on but there was this was an area that could definitely be strengthened so that those expectations were crystal clear in this episode i'm gonna be taking a deeper dive on each of these gaps that i just 
talked through. And um, there are two things that I'm going to uh, address. The first one is the process that I followed uh, to address the gaps. And the second thing is the biggest challenge that I had uh, with the remediation. And I, I need to be transparent here. It was challenging for me to record the series. It requires that I be open, that I be transparent and talk about the gaps in my consulting practice. I'm being very vulnerable here, but I think that um that that there's uh that there is um there is value in me do, doing this um, uh, from a teaching pers- perspective. Uh, this is something that I can definitely talk about, but also um, in the spirit of talking the talk and walking the walk, I want to be uh, able to say that my organization, the organization that I founded, the organization that I am the CEO of, that we are actually doing what we are preaching our clients to do. And it was very important for me to uh, undertake this initiative um, so so that I can proudly say that not only do we help organizations with uh, GDPR, but we actually have gone through the process ourselves and uh, we can speak to the effort that that required. And I realized that this is probably a very unique opportunity where I have the ability to uh, to be open and transparent about this topic, being the founder and the CEO of my own consulting practice. Had I been working for another company, had I been working for someone else, I wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, this is uh, very um, different. This is something that I have not seen uh, 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 others uh, do. But uh, I'm hoping that uh, there's va- there's value and that and that you are able to learn something uh, with this series. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into the gaps. The first gap that we're going to cover is a privacy policy. So this was one gap where like nothing was in place. If you went to our website, cybersecuritybase.com, or if you reached out to, to me asking for a copy of my privacy policy, I would have said, we don't have this in place. Uh, so uh, I'm going to talk about the process that I followed to address the gap, and then the biggest challenge in addressing the gap. So how did I address this? So I did, uh, I followed this process. I searched for privacy policy templates. I selected the top two or three that I liked the most. I made changes so that it better reflects to uh, who we are and what we do. And after spending time doing that, I realized that I'm doing exactly what I don't want to be doing. I scratched everything that I had typed up and I started from scratch. And I ended up just writing a brief statement on who we are, what we do, the type of data that we hold as it relates to people, as it relates to businesses that we work with. I wrote down what the purpose of that data was for. I wrote down how we share that information. I included a brief note on the external sites that my site may link to. And just a disclaimer that any sites that I that my company does not own or operate, this privacy policy does not apply to. 
And then I included my contact information so that if anybody reading the privacy policy had additional questions, they know uh, how to reach out for uh, additional questions or additional information. And I, after I wrote down that statement, I cross-referenced it with the checklist that I use when I'm working with clients to make sure that the privacy aligns with the requirements that are called on your GDPR to make sure that I hadn't missed anything important. And then I sent it out for attorney review. That's the process that I followed. Uh, hopefully this shows that it's a simple process that any other organization can take on. And the biggest challenge that I had here was going against the status quo. So when I initially took this on, I wanted to put together a document that says all the right things, that uses the language and the vocabulary and the terms that is uh, expected to be seen in these types of, of documents. And then it, I was quickly reminded that that means that I would be creating a long document that is filled with jargon, that is very vague, that uses terms and vocabulary that I do not use on a regular basis. And I didn't like that. So I had to uh, get rid of everything that I had done, start from scratch, and remind myself that GDPR requires that this information be understandable, be concise, be clear, be presented in layman terms, and being presented in a way where someone else can actually read and understand. And it was silly of me that I, I didn't take this path initially because this is exactly what I preach when I'm working with my clients. So this was the biggest challenge that I had to overcome, just reminding myself to keep it simple. And once I realized and once I made a commitment to do that, uh, it was much easier for uh, me to put together that statement. Once the privacy policy has been reviewed and blessed by my attorney, I will be uh, linking it to the website and I will be, uh, I'll mention that in the podcast so that you can take a, a look and you can uh, see what it says. All right, so that covers the privacy policy. Now let's talk about the operationalized information security program. Uh, at the top of the episode, I shared that uh, in as I was building this consulting practice, um, the, the data security controls that are in place are in place because I'm pretty familiar what the standard security controls are because this is something that I've been I've been in the field for many years now so it's easy for me to uh, implement those as I go. The gap here was uh, I hadn't documented this in the form of an information security policy and um, so that was the the gap that I was looking to address in um, or, or as, as part of this initiative. So let me walk you through the process that I, I followed uh, to ad address the gap. So the first step is I took my data flow diagram and my data inventory. I then made a list of all the security controls that I have in place today in the environment. 
I then took the data security policy template that I use when I'm working with clients. I revised it to make sure that it includes all the key security controls that are applied based on the data that my company holds. And I also made sure that it included all the security controls that we have operationalized. And um, this was something that was not hard to do. Um, like I said, so I was em embedding these data security controls as I was building up my consulting practice. Uh, I had things enabled like encrypting my work laptop, uh, enabling two-factor authentication on the primary systems that hold either client information or uh, personal information. And um, it, it was something, so I know that the hardest part with this uh, component is implementing the, con the, con the controls, um, that's usually the hardest part when I'm working with an organization here. And uh, luckily for me, uh, I had tackled the hardest part first and I simply needed to document it so that uh, it was captured in the form of a policy. The biggest challenge that I, I had here, guys, was it's, it was just really taking the time to create the documentation. It's one of those things that has to get done uh, and it's not the most exciting thing in the world to do. Now, I do do this for my clients and I enjoy doing this for my clients, but for some reason, it just wasn't exciting doing it for uh, my, my company. Uh, and the way that I overcame this challenge was really just uh, by rewarding myself and doing something fun uh, as, as I was tackling this. I put on my headphones, I listened to some music, and I was enjoying a pint of beer so that I can get through uh, a not-so-fun task. All right, so that covers uh, operationalized information security program. So uh, let me quickly go through the remaining three gaps. So I'm gonna combine uh, individual rights and breach notification, just because the process that I followed uh, and, and the challenge that I had here, they were pretty much the same. So for this gap here, um, this is a gap where I needed to have a documented, uh, customized standard operating procedure so that I know exactly what steps to take if someone were to reach out to our company and say, hey, I want, to I want to exercise any one of my GDPR rights. Or maybe uh, there was some type of breach of personal data that our company holds. I needed to have that standard operating procedure so I know exactly what first step I need to follow, and then the second step, and the third step, and so forth. So the way that I address this gap, guys, is I pulled up my standard, template. So this is the same template that I use when working one-on-one -on -one with clients. I made changes based on the individual rights that apply to cybersecurity base and based on the uh, breach notification requirements that apply to us, given the data that we hold, how we receive the data. And, uh, oh, and, and also given the data security controls that we have in place. So I took into account all that information and I was able to create a customized standard operating proce procedure so that I knew exactly what steps I needed to follow uh, in the event that someone uh, wanted to 
exercise any of their rights or in the event of a data breach. And the challenge that I had here, guys, oh, and uh, before I talk about the challenge, the last step in this process is I, I have this ready for attorney re review. So once I have the finalized revisions for the privacy policy, uh, this is some, something that my attorney will also be reviewing to make sure that uh, it's up to snuff. And the challenge that I had here, guys, was it, it was just that mental challenge of thinking of all the other things that I could be doing with my time um, as opposed to creating standard operating procedures. But I realized that this is part of the responsibilities that comes with being able to say that we are compliant with GDPR. And that was a pretty important priority for me. So I was able to just take a deep breath and remind myself that, hey, this is a priority, this is important for my business, this is important for those that I serve, and that quickly um, motivated me to uh, just get it done. And the last gap here, guys, is on third-party contracts. And the last gap here is on third-party contracts. So uh, this is an area where I did have agreements in place, but um, some agreements did not have super clear expectations around who was responsible for what. And when it comes to either service pro pro providers or outside tools that we're using, I want to make sure that everything was aligned so that there was consistency with how we are handling personal information uh, the business use for that information and so forth. So this is something that um, I was able to address by doing the following. I worked with my attorney to obtain a standardized template for working with service providers. I made a list of the questions that I had based on just reading the document. Uh, so it was a document that did have legalese. So, and I'm not the, a fan of legalese. I prefer for things to be laid out in simple language and layman terms so I can understand. So I had a number of questions for my attorney so that I could better understand um, what these terms actually mean. And the third step is as I'm moving forward with new engagements, as I'm moving forward with new tools, uh, I am using these uh, new templates uh, for agreements with service pro providers so that everything is aligned and in compliance with GDPR. So uh, that pretty much covers the main uh, discussion points for today's episode. I hope that you found this to be useful and uh, ho hopefully it just gives you an idea of the process that goes in addressing some of the gaps uh, that organization like yours may be de dealing with uh, on your journey with GDPR or other similar uh, laws, regulations, or standards. Um, it, I invite you to tune back in to next week's episode where we are going to be closing out this series and I'm going to be talking about how do I leverage the work and the time that I've invested in identifying the gaps, filling the gaps, 
so that we can transition over to maintenance mode and uh, be confident that we will continue to do the things that we are required to do under GDPR. Um, if you are a, a longtime listener of the podcast, uh, I hope it's clear uh, that uh, when someone is wanting to become compliant with GDPR or any other data, pri- data privacy or data security law, regulation, or framework, it's not something that you do once and you magically um, continue to do through the end of time. This is something that requires having people, having technology, and having processes in place so that you continue to comply with the requirements. And as the business changes, as uh, processes change, as people change, and the organization grows and restructures, you continue to do the things that you are required to do under GDPR. All right, guys, thank you very much for catching us this week and looking forward to seeing you next week. All right, guys, goodbye. Thanks for listening to the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. If you need additional help, please check us out at gdprstandup.com. Until next time.